counterpoint, as a real scientist, he he definitely tested it. and welcome to Meet Your Heroes. I'm Audrey. And I'm Elliot. And this is the show where we ignore the very good conventional wisdom to never meet your heroes and instead get up close and personal with the lesser known legacies and real life bad behavior of some of history's most notable and beloved people. There are so many famous Mm -hmm. 100s of history. The That's right. 100 Musketeers. That's it. The 100 Colors of the Rainbow. That's all of them. Jesus and the 100 Apostles. And now, added to that illustrious list, episodes of the Meet Your Heroes podcast. It was so easy. All it took was... A global pandemic. Yeah. That actually is the worst part of this. If these 100 episodes <laughs> could have happened... While not being trapped in the house, that would have been ideal. I think I would have enjoyed it more. Do you think we would have made it? This is, this is a good question. I, I feel like there was there was a little bit of support. Are you asking about our marriage? We, or will we make it, <laughs> you and me? Do you think we would have made it without the pandemic? Absolutely not. Do you think that I would not have been in these streets wilding? Our kid finally sleeps through the night. Goodbye. <laughs> Yeah, same could be said of the podcast. If we, you know, if you'd had any other alternative than to be locked in a home with me for years and years, mm-hmm. it's like Rapunzel in her tower. That's me. Yep. But you're now you're in too deep. <laughs> now I'm in too deep. I can't legions, abandon the podcast. <laughs> legions of adoring fans. A hundred, a hundred episodes. A hundred fans at least. At knows? least. At least. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, but we made it. Yeah, suck it, Betty White. Couldn't pull it off, but we could. That's right. We made it. You did not. <laughs> oh. I'm so sorry, Betty White. <laughs> she would think that's funny. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's funny enough. Okay, well, we're here, and I think our hero this week for the 100th episode is quite an interesting one. In the spirit of Pythagoras, I was like, are there any weird dudes from history that we have not because talked about yet? even though I did Pythagoras, this is one of your favorite episodes. Oh, yeah. The Pythagoras one, I don't know why. It's just so funny to me because you think you're going to learn about this mathematician and what you come to find out is it's just a cult. He's a cult it's leader. A cult. It's a cult. It had <laughs> nothing to do with Pythagorean theorem whatsoever. No, no not at all. Well, the good news is that this week, it's also about uh, a philosopher, a Greek philosopher, scientist, who may or may not have led a cult as well. We'll find out. All right. So without further ado, is that the right way to say it? Without further ado? Yeah. Okay. Much, without much further ado about nothing is, <laughs> I think, technically the full phrase. Is it really? No, not at all. <laughs> See, I'm just a ding dong over here, believing on those things. (laughs) All right. Well, we will not blather on anymore. This week's hero, Empedocles. What do you know about Empedocles? Well, uh, I hate to brag, (laughs) um, but uh, for those of you who don't know, I I do have a degree in philosophy, which included uh, extensive study of the ancient Greek fathers of modern Western thought. Mm -hmm. 
And I have to say, I have never heard the name Empedocles before in my life. <laughs> right, okay. I have no idea who you're talking about. So me either. I had to I had to Google how to say his name because it's spelled E-M-P-E-D-O-C-L-E-S. And I was like, oh, well, Empedocles. <laughs> no, Empedocles. Empedocles, <laughs> okay. Yeah. okay. So if you don't know much about him, I'm guessing most of our listeners don't know much about him. Yeah, which I have to say, how do you feel about this in the spirit of Meet Your Heroes? I would not typically pick someone that most people don't know, right? The whole point is you take someone that you know, that everybody knows, and you're like, okay, this is the lesser known legacy bit, or this is, you know, they were, here are all the dirty bits about their life you didn't know. But I Googled to find this person this week, just like weird, important people from history. And okay. so the spirit of this is even if our listeners don't know who he is now, this is such a good story that I think they would want to know. And then they're also going to want to know like how weird he is. Okay. So okay. mixing uh, it up for episode 100. I'm putting my faith in you. Okay. Here are the basics. Here's what people need to know before we dive in. Influential Greek philosopher. Studied by Socrates, Plato, and Aristotle, who came just like a little bit after him. Then that's really it. That's all you need to know. So just put your philosophy hat on. I know the general uh, category, the pre-Socratics, mm -hmm. is like Socrates is the first one who we have like real... So like there, there's Heraclitus and a couple others. But anyway, yes. Okay, so he's in this category that I, that I am familiar with. Okay. Great. His contribution... You don't know. Do not, do not know. It's more than you could ever imagine. So let's set the stage. It's 494 BCE. Okay, so what's that? 2,500 years ago. Mm -hmm. That's a year he's born, but we don't really know the exact date because they didn't keep records like that. Uh, my gift to you this week for our 100th episode is because we don't know the date, <gasps> I can't do Audrey's Astrology Corner. My heart be still. All right. All right. Look at us. We're just, you're doing philosophy. You're skipping astrology. I know. You're turning over a new leaf. <laughs> not What's for happening? Long. Yeah. Don't get used to it, buddy. <laughs> I am not interested in making you happy long term. This is a very <laughs> short game I'm playing right now. <laughs> it's a global Fair. pandemic. I have nowhere to go. Okay. So we know he's born in Sicily or what is now Sicily. I don't know what it was then. His family was rich. They were nobles. <laughs> So mm. I feel like to survive as a philosopher 2,500 years ago, and just as a philosopher, you probably need to come from money, which is probably true now also. Yeah, I'm pretty sure philosopher was just a name for somebody who had nothing better to do all right. day. That's no, I'm basically... still telling you what. <laughs> okay, so his grandfather was actually kind of famous at the time because his grandfather mm. won a horse race in the Olympics the same year that Empedocles was born. Oh, okay. So, the, yeah, the Olympics had started at this point. Yeah, they're like 300 years old at this point. I had to look it up. They started in like 800 BCE. Okay. So. Look, an Olympics theme episode. How newsy. I look know. At that. I know. Topical. I, I was trying to do the math. I was like, okay, so if my grandpa won a horse race when I was born, he would have been like 60. But I feel like then mm -hmm. he, it was. he's probably like 35. He has a kid when he's 17 or 18. His kid has a kid when he's 17 or 18. He's our age winning the Olympics with a grandkid. Okay. Okay. All right. So he is known as one of the most colorful of ancient Greek philosophers. He had two things going for him that a lot of philosophers at the time did not. And there are two, there's this sort of a tension in, in his personality and his characteristics that lead, you'll see what it leads to later. But <laughs> <laughs> he had this like 
strong scientific mindset around the time when science was getting cool or whatever. But he also had this like getting cool slash being invented. Let's be clear. Like their science is like things seem to be made out of dirt. <laughs> right, right. And they're like, oh, yeah, good point. Good point. Write that down. Write that down. Yes. So he has this strong scientific mindset and this deep and burning spiritual longing is how it's described. So he's like, I want to believe in science and God, which is not a thing that a lot of folks did or still do at, mm-hmm. right now. You got to pick one sometimes. Well, let's be clear. Uh, his choice was between science and the gods. There the were gods. several of them. <laughs> there were there were there were many many to believe in. <laughs> Again, just you wait. Okay, so a little more context. Uh, Nietzsche also described him as quote the most multifaceted figure of ancient Greek philosophy. And again, I've never heard of this motherfucker. So, what have we been missing out on? We're about to find out. As you can imagine, they didn't write a lot of things down, including biographies. But what we're going to do is we're going to examine the life of Empedocles by looking at his work and his philosophies and sort of how he interpreted the world. Because I think it's going to give you a really good glimpse into who this person was (laughs) as a person. We don't know a lot about his young life, but we do have some evidence that he studied with the Pythagoreans. Not Pythagoras himself, because Pythagoras had died a few years before he was born, but with the cult members. Okay, so the cult is still going on. Cult is still going on. Lil Empedocles finds himself there taking notes. Yes. Um, They instill in him, you know, some of the the wackier parts of the Pythagorean belief system. Um, Beans are people, don't eat them. Mm -hmm. Numbers have magic. All of that. Just playing the hits. That's it. He, like I said, he comes from a rich family. He didn't have a lot to do but think all day and write poems. So add this to the list of things he is. Philosopher, scientist, poet. He's actually one of the last philosophers to write his teachings, quote unquote, in verse. So there's like two really famous ones on nature and purifications. And here's where his philosophy begins. He kicks things off with a little discussion about the root of all things in existence. That's kind of the heart of philosophy, right? Like, what are we doing? Metaphysics Why? specifically. Yeah, like what? where did it all come from? Okay, so conversation that's happening in philosophy contemporaneous to him being alive was where do all things come from? So we've got Parmenides. I did not write that out phonetically, and I should have, who's another guy around this time. Like I said, his two, his like big thing is something can't come from nothing and something can't come from that which it is not right so like things don't just like spontaneously exist they have to come from somewhere and a cat can't come from a mushroom for example there has to be some coherence in how things get to be this is like the early science in philosophy okay okay Empedocles, Seems reasonable enough. Right, right. No one has examined it before now. <laughs> They're like, yeah, come to think of it, stuff stuff doesn't just pop out of nowhere. Good, good point. Good yes, point. Yes. And Empedocles is wrestling with this idea and he's kind of like, okay, yes, I like this. I'm going to take this. I'm going to build on it. Okay. So we know it can't come from nothing and it can't come from something that it's not. So where does it come from? He lands on four places everything comes from. And he calls these the root elements. Fire air, earth, and water. The three like fire, 
water and air had kind of been around in discussion sort of like wind and fire have been around for quite a while yes (laughs) sort of like a little bit of mysticism and he was like hey y'all are forgetting the dirt like hey there's dirt here also oh wait so it wasn't earth wind and fire to start with Mm -mm. it was water air and fire yeah again people had not noticed stuff was made out of dirt he's like hey gotta add dirt to list okay okay that's a that's a fair point that's a fair point Yep. And he says, all right, these are the four elementary particles, the roots. They are eternal, immutable, and indestructible. In- indestructible. Indestructible. You can't, can't get rid of them, which, you know, okay. He says, you know, these particles, unlike, say, that of a cat, has, have always existed. They have always been here. They never go away. They just, like, change shape. He argues that the way all things come into existence is that there are different ratios of each of these elements inside every creature or object. So these particles mingle. And depending on the ratio of each one in this specific process that he calls mingling, you get Mm -hmm. different outcomes. Right. So an elephant would have a certain amount of each of those elements, while a mouse would have a different mixture or different mingling of those elements. Okay. I mean, like without microscopes, it's the spirit of like, oh, there's probably something called molecules. And like you're getting in that you're getting in that direction. Yeah. You're not quite. Yep. Not quite on the right building blocks. Okay. Right, right. And he also says, okay, everything's made of these. They're all mingling. That this mingling over the course of a creature's life is going to change. So if mm. you get gray hair, for example, it's because of whatever ratio of mingling, you now have more fire or more air or more water, just like spontaneously. I don't know how you would have those things, but that's his belief. Gray hair has got to be less fire. <laughs> less I fire. Mean, come on. Less fire. More dirt. More dirt. Less fire. <laughs> okay. And he says, you know, so... To create something, you have the mingling. The mingling changes over time as you grow and evolve or grow in age. And then ultimately, the reason you die is because your particles stop being harmonious. So Mm. the mingling is no longer happening in harmony. He says then that these, these elements, after they're not in harmony anymore, just drift away. And that's that is the end of your life. They just they're like, see ya, I don't want to mingle with you anymore, and they go back into the cosmos. Okay. Okay. So some people have talked about, if you like examine his writings, in addition to this, you know, molecules looking at where do creatures come from? He he starts to touch on early ideas of evolution, right? So he, in some of his writings, he says at first there were just like wild creatures walking around. The roots didn't know how to mingle themselves correctly, but eventually over time, the, the roots mingled better and better and better until you had like the perfect mouse. And then the roots, the the roots roots, being like the characteristics, the, the elements. Okay. The element. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got the perfect mouse. The roots figured it out. And then the roots just continue to like mingle closer and closer to perfection. And then you have all of these mice. Mm. Okay. So that's how I would describe mice. Okay. Yeah. Sure. 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 (laughs) Yeah. Primitive conversation or like uh, touching on evolution. Totally wrong in the way that it gets there. But the directionally, directionally though. Yeah. got Got the right spirit. Got the right spirit. He's got all this going for him. He's like, I'm going to take this on tour. And he becomes a philosopher who starts like wandering around spreading these philosophies. He's like, I am a great teacher. I am going to lead people to these beliefs. 
first the club circuit, then the arenas. That's how, that's how it worked in those days. <laughs> Just take it on the road. Okay, so then as he's like passing around this original, like th these are the root elements conversation, he's like, oh, but that can't be the end of it. I'm going to take it to the next level. So he comes up with a second theory of how things in the universe work. Is the second theory to replace the first one? No, or no, just no. Like it's evolving, building. Like We're growing, building. Building on it. Yes. Okay, building We're on building it. Got on it. it. Yep. He says, okay, so how do things start mingling? Well, there have to be forces. So we've got the roots that then mingle through two types of force, mingle or mm. disseminate. And so you have to have two forces for the cosmos to work. And those forces are love and strife love and strife strife yes got it okay some scientists would later say you mean like attraction and repulsion of sure atoms. sure okay so we're getting there he says that love ultimately is what causes the mingling of the roots and strife is what pushes them apart so we've got four elements two forces that's how the universe created itself or the the you know earth created itself yeah and and i mean like again in terms of direction we now have like four forces and they are not love and strife mm -hmm. uh what are they strong and weak nuclear forces <laughs> okay electromagnetism and gravity that's <laughs> man i should know that <laughs> <laughs> yes that's and the big the big push in physics right now is to try to come up with some way to unify gravity with the other forces because right now we can describe all of them relativistic relativistically we can describe them in quantum ways but we can't necessarily describe them coherently in one frame of reference okay but, nerd yes anyway but yes he's right forces you got stuff you have stuff you have forces yes so like that's Again, got the right spirit. Got the right spirit. Okay. So we've got the, the elements and the forces. We're going to crank it up another notch because the process of, of these roots mingling through these mm -hmm. forces happen in stages. Got that? Stages. Stages. Yep. So stage, as he describes it, is like the forward momentum of history, the evolution, how things are moving forward. And you can basically have varying degrees of moving toward love away from love or toward strife or away from strife okay got it got it and he believed that love and strife in these stages were engaged in a cosmic battle mm. okay okay but the good news is that this battle is mechanical and cyclical and so you're going to see it throughout life life cycles of everything including the cosmos Oh, okay. So there's other philosophers later, like Hegel, who are going to come up and be like, yes, this cycle of history, this like dialectic of these opposing forces resolve. It's, it, it's not, it's not right, but it is something that other people are going to latch on to. <laughs> and you've never heard of him, right? That's true. It's true. Okay. So everything up to this point tracks and it's about to get real wild now. <laughs> okay. Okay. Again, these battles are both cosmic level and global. In, and, and inside of mice. And inside of mice. And it's this ratio of roots in various stages of attractional repulsion happening in a cycle. Mm -hmm. And he thought that love, which is like what created the universe ultimately, was the most divine of this like divine balance of all of the roots. But the reason that 
the cosmos never stay in love, this like great divine proportion of everything mingled is because it's kind of boring and nothing happens. And Ooh. there has to be some energy moving things. You need strife. But when you get pure strife, this is here's where it gets tricky. Stay with me. When you get mm -hmm. pure strife, you get things like a body of water where it's just water because the element has removed itself, repulsed itself from all of the other uh, elements. Uh, pure strife. So okay. if you just got have it, got dirt, it, it. that's pure strife. If you just have air, that's pure strife. If you just have fire, that's pure strife. So wait, most of the world is just pure strife, like deserts, strife. oceans, sky. A lot of okay, strife. <laughs> a lot of strife. Got it. I mean that that part checks out, honestly. Not that not that far off. But when it comes to like abstract things, like morals, for example, all of this holds true as well, because all of your thoughts and beliefs and ideas are also the result of these root elements. And he believed that there were concentrations of forces of love and strife in varying degree in every person and in every civilization. And he was pretty convinced that at the time that he was alive, the world was becoming more evil, evil because there were poorly mingled roots and forces. He believed that strife was gaining ground. And he said, quote, the world is increasingly becoming a roofed in cave, a joyless place where murder and anger in tribes of all spirits of death and purging diseases and wasting in the words of flux wander in darkness over the meadow of doom. Which, OK, listen, buddy, he's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but if he thought it was bad, then got news Just for wait. you. <laughs> yeah. So he's taking this a step further. He's back on the lecture circuit. He's like, hey, I have new ideas. Mm -hmm. And more and more people are following him. They're like, this guy is an idea man. He knows mm -hmm. what he's talking about. His, he obviously only spends all of his time doing this. Yeah, he's the expert. He's the expert. And he was very kind of flamboyant for a philosopher. He wore like, I mean, he was rich. So he wore like rich materials and he would like try and do things like heal children. Like he really like. Wait, did that work? No, but, <laughs> I, but he would, he was like, he really was sort of a, a character, a character at, of the time. He was a showman. He, he he's was a showman. He, he, he's a showman. He was, he was playing the hits. Yep. He was giving the people what they want. Yep. You know, if, if you can put on an entertaining show, it doesn't matter if your album isn't the best. Right. It really, it's about the performance and he's got the performance. Okay. I see it. I see it. But people also think his show is the best. No one else is talking about this shit. And mm. he's sort of out here preaching, right? So if you think about, you know, the traveling preachers of the day, hellfire and brimstone, the world is getting worse. He's going around. He's like, but I've got some answers for you. All we have to do is like work on our roots, get them better mingled. People start like following him around. And he says, there's good news. He says, listen, it's possible for us to fix this. And it is also possible. Let's, let's take this a step further. For human beings to be elevated to divine status. Okay, I feel like we've just turned the corner where he's about to try to sell me something. He says, check it. Human beings are indeed divine spirits. The problem is that we're clothed in an alien garment of flesh. And because we have killed other creatures, mm -hmm. we have to atone for our sins, but then we can be elevated to God status. So we're trapped in this meat prison. We're eating okay. other animals and creatures. We're killing them. This is the, the root cause of strife in the world. So we can't be yep. gods. But if we stop doing this, we can all be gods. You can free yourself from this meat prison <laughs> yep. and become a god. Okay. Yes. Okay. Side note, dude was a super strict vegetarian because of these beliefs. I believe that. And he concluded, he was like, okay, 
the way that you're going to get to divine status, the atonement, what it looks like is you're going to have to wander through 10,000 seasons on earth, continually being reincarnated into different creatures until you have enough empathy and understanding and your roots are mingled properly so that you're just pure love. But then you can be elevated to divine status. 10,000 seasons. And he says he knows this works because he remembers it happening to him. He tells people, before this, I've been a boy and a girl, a bird and a dumb fish of the sea. Not a, not a smart fish. Not a smart fish. If, you, if you've been a fish, you've been a fish and you know it, you remember. And he mm-hmm. fully states that he has like these memories that the more love he embodies, he can remember these reincarnations. And he remembers the moment that his original spirit, his OG spirit was punished and sent to earth in an alien flesh suit. He says, I remember it. Wait, he was somewhere else and he was punished and sent down. He fell from the heavens. Yep. He was kicked out of whatever heavens there were that was just pure love. He had to come get some strife. As far out as a lot of this stuff is, the idea that your human existence is uh is a punishment <laughs> yeah. uh, does does feel like it rings kind of true. That's that feels fair. And but wait, there's more. <laughs> So picture this. Embedocles says, I also know something else that no one else knows. And Hmm. this thing that I know makes me extra special. And he was like, because of my devotion, unwavering devotion to the force of love and all of this wisdom that I've acquired, unlike the rest of you peasants, I don't have to wait 10,000 times. I'm going to be a god now. He's like, it is imminent that I'm going to be elevated to divine status. He tells his followers, quote, I'm an immortal God, no longer a mortal wandering among you. I am praised by men and women and followed by thousands who ask for deliverance. He says this. And then he was like, mm-hmm. let me, let me prove to you I'm a God. I was going to ask, do you have some, <laughs> do you have some evidence for this search? Is any way to back this up? Yeah. He says, watch this. And he jumps into a volcano. He expects. No, what? <laughs> He said, I'm going to jump into this volcano and you're going to see I'm a God. I'm going to be delivered. I will be, I will come back as a resurrected being right after I jump into this volcano. Go go, go, go back. He, he, he tells people come watch. He like gathers a crowd. Yeah. 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 He's like, I'm a God. He fully believed he was a God all the way, all the way believed he was a God. Okay, okay, say what you will about this guy. <laughs> He's committed to the bit. <laughs> He's committed to the bit. Like, it. there's a lot of hucksters who just don't have the guts to take mm-hmm. that last step and really sell it, really commit. Yep. And that is commitment. Yeah. That is commitment. It's commitment. So uh, most records show that he died when he was about 60. There are some people, some of his followers say, no, actually he was 109 years old. Okay. No idea how there's a 49 year discrepancy here. <laughs> it, the year of his death is not like written down anywhere. It's just a. Wait, wait. He died? <laughs> he fully died. Yeah. <laughs> immediately. And people you were just, like, you, oh you shit. You skipped the, the end of the story. So, wait. So, what happened when he jumped into the volcano? Did he, did he become reincarnated as a god on earth? Yes. He's wandering around right now <laughs> as a reincarnated god. Empedocles is just chilling i don't know drinking coffee right now are there any records of people who are there watching this there's 
people said he jumped into a volcano. What kind of records do you want? People couldn't write. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, somebody had to write some of this I down. Mean, multiple people. This this is it is the year of our Lord 2021, and <laughs> you and I are hearing about this story. So somebody it's 2022. was there. Oh, 2022. <laughs> <laughs> and we're hearing about it. It's written down someplace now. I just want to know, honestly, I want to know if, like, as he jumped in, if his last words were like, oh, shit, or something. Like, <laughs> I, just... I think you hit lava and you don't have words. I think it's donezo, curtains, right then. Wow. Jump, thro- fully throws himself into a volcano. He had enough love in his heart. <laughs> it's peace out. Honestly, unless he was very clear about what <laughs> the reincarnated gods looked like, we, we could, don't know we that don't it know. failed. We don't know. We don't know for sure. We don't have enough love in our heart to believe him. It's all strife. He could have also come back as a chipmunk and just been like, damn it, I thought I was ready. I thought. You never know. You never know. So anyway, that is the um, brief but colorful life of Empedocles. (laughs) A couple things we didn't touch on that are other fun facts to know about him. Uh, He did have some early theories of the speed of light. So he was one of the first people in his poems to explain the speed of light semi-coherently, and also an idea of what respiration is. He's very curious, like, how do we breathe? Because, like, are you then taking in more roots are they mingling then i mean it's pure air it's all strife you're just breathing in strife all the time he had some influence on other sciences like medicine and health maybe the spontaneous healing of children got passed down i don't know and his theory about the elements coming from a singular vortex in the universe all at once is a bit big bang theory-esque yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty close. Kind of kind of lines up with what we got now. Again, sounds like he got several of the crucial details wrong <laughs> for a lot of these theories. Mm-hmm. Like notably the one about jumping into a volcano. That was like one detail that was probably not ideal. Re- really critical and sure. just that should have like thrown costly. a rock in and tested yeah. it. Like I don't know, you d- it's like something like a well, right? When you drop a rock in and then you count to see how long before it hits the water or the ground. It mm-hmm. feels like a similar, like a real scientist would have tested this theory before throwing himself in. Counterpoint, as a real scientist, he he definitely tested it <laughs> just in a way where he only got to test it once. Yeah, it's yeah, that makes not a good experiment. You have to be able to replicate it. I do remember yeah. that from science. Yeah, not very replicable. That is true. They're very replicable, but you're going to get the same result every time. <laughs> um, so anyway, I want to say this dude's not my hero, but I love him. I think he is <laughs> hysterical. What a treat. <laughs> so I, I can't even no astrology corner. I can't say he's not my hero. I kind of vibe with the love and strife thing. It's, it all makes sense to me. So Empedocles is kind of a hero. Kind of. He's on track. He, it's just like his life. He's like, he's got the, the spirit of it. <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got the right spirit. We've only done a couple of these. We've only mm-hmm. done a couple where we, they actually turn out to be heroes. And I feel like 100th is a, is a good time to revisit. Yeah, if nothing else, I feel like anybody who walks around just committed to the to the long bit payoff and then when it comes to the crucial moment is just like willing to dive in 
mm-hmm. quite literally, mm-hmm. for the pu- final punchline, there is a certain level of begrudging respect you got to give them. And if people would like to earn our begrudging respect without throwing themselves into a volcano, where can they find some more episodes? They can find us on social media at Your Heroes Pod or on our website at MeetYourHeroesPodcast.com. Yep. And please like, share, rate, review, spread the word, tell your friends. And until next week. Don't be a hero. Don't be a hero. Bye. Bye.